0: Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Through the Corporate Glass. I'm your host, Pramod. Today, I'm delighted to have on the show, Suraj Atreya, and we'll be discussing how to pursue startup ideas on the side, even when you have a main job. I should mention that Suraj is a good friend of mine and we have kept in touch over more than a decade as we both pursue different career options. He comes with some initial experience in enterprise software, followed by stints in different startups in Bangalore. And currently he works in the financial sector in Singapore. Based on my experience, I can safely say that he is very entrepreneurial. He aims to have multiple ideas on his mind at any time, but what's more impressive that he actually later goes ahead and implements them even when he's working on a day job. Hi, Suraj, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Pramod. excited to be here. Great, so let's add a little bit more detail to that intro.
0: Can you tell us some of the interesting projects that you've done over the last few years? Yeah, sure. I started with embedded uh, systems. So what I did was I created a small app just to analyze the rate of flow of water using Raspberry Pi. So that's one. And then I did a new scraping small app for using NLP and try to basically show associations between different entities, like how people are connected to other people and other corporations and so on. And then then it became another uh, idea that I was working on with finance, mainly on the mutual funds. When I started doing a bit of investing I found this interesting problem that I wanted to solve especially around the investors and the advisors. Yeah. Those are some of the highlights on the That's projects. Quite was, a range. Um, yeah. Actually,
1: there's hardware on one side There is NLP. And then there is finance, which is completely different. So, so roughly how long did you work on each of
0: these ideas? To be honest, I don't know for words, but what I can tell you is when you are doing it, I think it becomes really interesting. And then you start working on it. It could be probably, so the last idea I was working on was, fairly about two, three years. I think the, the, the mutual fund platform that is working on. Mm-hmm. I think the hardware was very smaller one, I think probably like a two weeks or probably a month, I think that is working on. But the new scraping one was a little, I think it was in the medium scale, I think probably like one year or something. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let me then ask you, what motivates you to try this project ideas And as we just discussed of various kinds, I mean, is it just money that motivates you or is it an urge to try and build something new or is it completely something else?
0: It starts out usually as an experience problem. So for me, uh, personally, I feel uh, something I'm trying to interact with another system, right? So usually it starts out with a user experience problem. That's, that's, uh, that's the first thing that you notice, right? So, and then usually Mm -hmm. when you're trying to interact with the product or a service that you normally use on a day-to-day basis, then what happens is at a certain level, you as an engineer, something ticks in your mind. Okay, what if I had solved this problem uh, in a better way? Given you know, infinite amount of resources, infinite amount of money, how would I solve this? So then you start looking at a very top-down approach and then say, okay, this is how the user experience should be. And for that to happen, you would need a certain level of backend that needs to support it and for that backend do you have the necessary skill set right so then you go ahead and acquire those things but that's what that's what motivates me to solve the problem that, to scratch my own itch generally and then if you are a bit more serious take it to the next level and then say can i make business out of it can i generate revenue out of this can i in, in can i somebody can invest in this is it worthwhile Right. If you had to invest within this project, can you invest money in this? So that's how it starts yeah. now to
1: another important question. How do you balance your main job with side projects? I'm sure that's probably a, something many people would be thinking, uh, how, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. And can you tell us some of the technique, tactics or techniques that you've used to balance your time and energy across both?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's really hard, to be honest. So over the years, what has happened is, especially when you have start, if you start having a family and if you start having kids, the I think the one of the foremost thing that you should do is to set expectations for yourself and also for your immediate family members. So you should set expectation of what you're supposed to do for yourself and also tell them, you know, I think that's the basis for all these things. Once you have overcome that and uh, once you have a plan, then you stick to that plan and then kind of uh, start taking from that onwards. I think to give you an example, so whatever the idea comes to our mind, right? So I think the, the, the way I used to do it was very primitive. So I used to go design it, start coding it, no time, nothing. I used to forget my, you know, other important things in my life, which I'm supposed to do, for example, having uh, time with my family, my friends, uh, all those things and at some level that kind of takes a beating for sure but you should you know, guard against that and also you should take care of your health and what you are what you are eating all those things becomes you know important as well so it has you need to be cognizant of these um, things and that's where you know the balance helps really keeps you gives you a nice framework on where you need to align yourself. So you need to be healthy in order to succeed in all these things. That's one of the criteria that I have learned over a period of time. Right, absolutely. And In terms of a schedule, do you
1: roughly have anything in mind? Because I know that some people will do their side projects early in the morning. Some people might do it only on the weekends. What generally works for you?
0: So, to be honest, it doesn't, I don't have any scheduled timeline, right? So what I used to do, was as soon as I come back from home, from office, I spend some time with my uh, family and who are, whatever I'm doing else, friends, so catch up or phone or whatever. And then, so if I have a, a flow, right, if I have a certain state of flow or something that's that I'm planning to do for that particular day, I'll do either research or work on it and then keep working on it until I don't have to worry about it. So sometimes I get into a you know what they call it as a creative block right so then mm-hmm. you are always up right <laughs> so you you keep scratching your head over it and then you don't know what to do mm-hmm. so those kind of times you have you it becomes really hard to you know unengage from it right so you keep doing it doing it doing it nothing happens so those kind of days are the really tricky ones to handle so you have to be you know conscious to or disengage uh, from those scenarios. Uh, I noticed that
1: repeatedly you mentioned that, you know, things that you keep obsessing about and you get into a creative zone. So then it makes me ask, how do you assess whether an idea is worth your time or not? Are there certain kinds of projects or domains that you find interesting and go after?
0: Sure. Like I said initially is working on the embedded systems. I really was obs- obsessed about it. I even got a job in one of the, major mobile device companies. So so that got really obsessed about it. And then I wanted to really understand how software, how the hardware works, the whole whole works. And then the initial curiosity is so much so that you always, you know, have a lot of enthusiasm to learn everything, crock as much as possible. And at some point, right, so what I've observed is when you understand all these things, how it works, then it just becomes business, right? So So that's, I don't know if it's a good thing or the bad thing, but your curiosity starts waning out eventually. And that happens, right? So you tend to become bored or there's nothing novel about it. Then you start looking for something novel. It's like a, you know, a dopamine kick every time. Mm -hmm. So, and then you want to do the next cool thing and the next cool thing. But yeah, I think that is, that is how it starts usually, at least for me, that's how it happened. That's great, actually. It does seem like
1: curiosity is one of the things one would need, right? To be able to even get interested in
0: certain domains or ideas. Yeah. Curiosity definitely is the starting point. And then to keep you in that loop for a long time, you need sufficient rewards as to the the complexity keeps increasing and you need to be in that loop and you need to marry to that vision that you have. And that's the end goal that you are trying to achieve. That's the nirvana that you are trying to achieve. So you always are tending towards that goal at some point of time. Right. So that keeps <laughs> you, that keeps a drive, right? Yeah. So, and also remember
1: that for one of your projects, you mentioned that you were able to delegate some of the implementation tasks to other people. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience? Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, that was really interesting. So that happened when I had the company some time ago and I was working alone. I had a few customers, paying customers. I had another uh, guy who was helping me on the front-end. I was mostly looking at the back-end part and looking at the the back-end stack and also doing other admin stuff, talking to customers and uh, talking to investors. Not really investors, but they're my friends who happen to know investors. But then the interesting thing that happened was when I was talking to my friend and then he got excited and then he told another guy who happened to be an investor. And uh, I was not looking particularly to raise money at the time because the the customers were already paying for the product. So then I thought uh, since he comes with a good experience uh, in the space and we could scale the team. So I had a chat with him and then it went like this right so he he's interested in this and he wants to invest his time and energy into this creating this product and take it scale it bigger so he helped me to hire the team and also bring in the capital at the same time so that way the delegation was much simpler although the the coordination was a little uh, difficult because i was still having the original a full-time job and the time zone issues yeah. Have you ever had people show interest in terms of investors yes so there were actually a couple of people who happened to really show a lot of interest but the the tricky bit was in figuring out the equities right so how do you give them equities? so they show they they'll tell you you know they they are in, going to invest in with you right? Because they know you or they like you or they like the product, whatever it is. But the tricky bit happens is when you have to negotiate in terms of the equities, how much equity are you willing to let go? Because ultimately you are the owner of the idea and you have to, you will want to be the entire control of it. Right? So doesn't make sense to let go of a lot of control initially, at least, and um, not for, at least in the pre-stage era, So you will have to be very picky about who is investing with you and the quality of the people you are letting in because ultimately the product is going to be yours and uh, they will definitely have a say in how the product should be or how it should be driven. But it may not always, it's, it's it's like a marriage where you have to, both people have to agree to make a decision. But in this case, although the investor may or may not have you know, the larger uh, chunk of the equity, but he still has a bigger say, unfortunately. So you'll have to be careful uh, on that fact. Yeah. I, I guess since it's not your
1: main job, you can afford to be a little choosy, right? Because th- this is something you're doing on the side. You're not in, in a desperate
0: situation there. No, but for the look at it from the point of view of the investor, right? So for him, he's invested money and he wants his return on investment. For him, it doesn't really matter whether you're working a full-time yeah, or not. I, I was referring not. to the for part you, where... Man,
1: I was referring to the part where you can be choosy about uh, selecting your investor. I mean
0: you are you are going to be choosy, but it also depends on how attached you are to the idea and how attached to you are letting go of equity. Let's say if, if it makes really big and right and the it starts making profits, then the investor will get a larger buy compared to you, but although you have done a lot of work. So it depends on the context really. Yeah, I'm sure it But I'm not saying you should always be like this, but uh, I'm just saying you have to anyway be careful in choosing the right investor.
1: Right. Yes. So changing tack a little bit, do you have any thoughts on which tech stack that you want that you generally use or are you particularly keen
0: on technology exploration in this space? Sure. I initially worked on a lot of technologies. From, so started with C, C++ to begin with. That was something that I was most familiar with like a decade ago or so. The embedded stack and uh, that stack, I don't know any much, any more of it <laughs> anymore. But the, the tech has caught up so much so that I had to change. I literally worked on a lot of tech stack from then onwards till now there has not been a situation where I regretted changing it or there has not been a a time when I had to stick to one tech stack for a long time. So I think it is not so much importance, I would say. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say because I know such and such a technology, I would create this startup or business idea. I think it should be agnostic enough Mm -hmm. that you can pursue with any language. I think there are very, nice language. Even Python is a great example, which especially for financial uh, projects, if you are, I think there's a great ML toolkit that comes with uh, Python these days. Mm -hmm. So I think there's no such one tool that is that I would put my money on. I think there's a lot of different projects for a lot of things that I have used multiple languages, multiple technology stacks for a given problem on hand. That's
1: great. So lastly, Suraj, if you were to give some advice to other people who also want to try their own side projects or side hustles when being fully employed, what are some tips or
0: suggestions that you'd give them? Sure. First, don't quit your job, right? Because it pays (laughs) your bills. Mm -hmm. Don't even think about it. Second, I think the motivation of making money, especially now the startups are so many startups and everybody is trying to raise capital, I think. Uh, everybody's idea is of a startup is to make money. I think that's a it's a, it's okay incentive, but I think it might not sustain over a period of time. It might create bad incentives. I think making money should be a side effect. I think if you are obsessed about this idea and then you're doing it for the sake of doing it, then that's great. I think that's a great start. I think if you make your idea your obsession. And don't want to use this word passion. I think it's a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you keep coming back to it, like if you keep throwing 100 different ideas onto the wall and then something sticks, you keep thinking about it, you get obsessed about it, you wake up all night to solve that problem. I think, I think you will have a winner eventually. You should definitely work on it. And with all these distractions that we live in with uh, so much of media around us, how to make quick big, pick money, all this startup ideas that keeps coming up on YouTube. I think we'll have to be conscious how we, we and choose on who we talk to these ideas about. Some some people who I talk to are generally very critical about anything, any idea that I come up with, or some people are just want to you know, may please me, they always praise me, you know, your idea always come up with amazing ideas. So I think you have to be cognizant of the fact that how do you know whether you're actually getting the right feedback, right? That's important. You have to trust your gut sometimes. It's hard. So other thing I would say is networking for the sake of networking, right? So networking is sometimes overrated. I think you should, I'm not saying uh, you shouldn't network at all, But I think you shouldn't go with an idea that I should first do networking and then build the idea, right? If you have an idea and then you talk with uh, somebody else who is equally excited about it, your network naturally builds organically. You don't have to really worry too much about it. Or even if you have a demonstrable, demoable product, right? Then you can show it to somebody you have never met at all and then he might definitely get excited mm-hmm. so that's how you can also raise capital and raise team, so on so forth mm-hmm. right but in a way it's almost um, like growing you know, your network organically the way
1: that you would grow a product yeah. market organically right
0: exactly yeah so mm-hmm. i always have this thing that linus Torvald says right so talk is cheap show me the code right <laughs> so that's a great quote but you should take it to the next level. Really, that what investors are looking from the point of view is right. Code is cheap. Show me the money. That's what investors think. Really, <laughs> so so you need to you know you need to have several approaches to handle that. Uh, definitely, I think not just for the tech stack, right? For it, this is true for any business anyway. If you are um, trying to become serious entrepreneur, eventually, one of the skills that's going to be useful is selling. I think this selling is one of the most important skills that you should have. I think you should know how to sell and market yourself and your idea. That's, that's what's going to bring you you know, solid results in terms of uh, how we want to take your uh, idea to the next level. That's
1: fantastic, Suraj. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and your experiences. And I'm sure our listeners will benefit from knowing how you can do side projects even when you're employed
0: in a main job. Thank you so much for this. A pleasure talking to you, Pramod, anytime. So uh, it was really fantastic talking to you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do send us your feedback at com, and follow us on Twitter at Corporate Glass. You can also email us at feedback at throughthecorporateglass.com. We'd love to hear from you.